Hello, and welcome to Only Lovers Book Club, Halloween edition. <laughs> we are a romance book club, and we get together once a month to read a book and to talk about it. And because we are recording this the day before Halloween 2022, um, I picked a particularly juicy, sexy, vampy book that I made my other vampire sorority sisters read. And that was Better Off Red by Rebecca Weatherspoon. Before we start, let's, um, if you're watching, then you're gonna be able to see what it is that we are wearing. But for just for, um, for our listeners, uh, we can describe what we're wearing because this is the only Halloween thing I'm doing. <laughs> So I'll, I'll go first. Um, I am wearing, I, I'm, I'm kind of like in the spirit of um, vampire feeder. If you don't know what that is, hang on. We're going to get to that very soon. Um, but yes, I am a feeder. I'm just like an ingenue. It was my first year in college. I'm a freshman. But I've been like drafted <laughs> by this vampire sorority to be one of their feeders. So now I'm going to be financially stable. Yay! Uh, I have a turtleneck. I, I don't have like, I wish I had an onk because I feel like that's what would look really cool, but that's okay. I've got like my Sailor Jupiter <laughs> necklace on, glasses, my hair is parted. I'm looking a little pale. My lips are looking a little dark red. Uh, that's just because I'm just a little bit anemic from all the feedings, but I'm doing okay. That's what I'm wearing. I'm just having lemonade, <laughs> nothing fancy. Uh, Tosh, why don't you describe how you look and what you're drinking? So I'm drinking an apple teeny with cranberry juice in it, and I'm dressed as college student, college senior. I've done my dues with the vampire sisters, and I convinced them to turn me, and um, I'm weeping dark blue tears. I feel like what would happen is like my college boyfriend would have been a dickhead, and I would have been like, well, whatever, fuck you, I guess. Like, let's say I'm dating someone in the frater vampire fraternity, and he was like, ew, you want to be a vampire forever? And I was like, fuck yeah, why wouldn't I be? And then I'd be like, well, fuck you. So I cried. And then I went and had a feeding and felt better. <laughs> that's, who, that's who I am. <laughs> I'm definitely one of the vampire royalty. <laughs> um, I feel like my trench coat communicates that very clearly. I don't need much else. Um, so I have like a black and dark red velvet jackety. If you're watching, I'm going to show you but it got buttons and a zipper that goes all the way down you know it's like that kind of jacket um and then i'm wearing half moon earrings and i've got you know my little fangs out a little blood because it's too exhausting to clean up after every single feeding so <laughs> um and i'm just drinking water because there's no point in any beverage that's not blood so i just keep hydrated because the flavor is not going to do it for me in, in anything else so why bother <laughs> that's amazing thank you so much thank you so much for describing yourselves so as i said i chose better off red um for us to read so let me tell you a little bit about the author and um and yeah we'll read about the book and then we will start talking about it so so this is from rebeccaweatherspoon.com slash meet dash rebecca uh unofficial bio i love to dance official bio after years of meddling in her friends' love lives, multi-award-winning author Rebecca Weatherspoon turned to writing romance to get her fix. Raised in Southern New Hampshire, 
Rebecca Weatherspoon now lives in Southern California, where she will remain forever because she hates moving. <laughs> With over 20 titles under her belt, Rebecca has covered subgenres from suspenseful paranormal romance to steamy BDSM romantic comedies, and now young adult romance. Look for If the Boot Fits, the second book in her Cowboys of California trilogy, out now from Kensington Books. You can find Rebecca and her books on Twitter at r.spoon and her website, www.rebeccaweatherspoon.com. Rebecca is represented by Holly Root of Root Literary. <laughs> I love Rebecca Weatherspoon. I follow her on Twitter and just the tweets are just fantastic. We are not mutuals at all. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> all right, let me um, read to you, uh, you listener, what this book is about and then we will get to it. Every sorority has its secrets and college freshman Ginger Carmichael couldn't care less. She has more important things on her mind, like maintaining her perfect GPA. No matter how much she can't stand the idea of clicks and the matching colors, there's something about the girls of Alpha, Beta, Omega, their beauty, confidence, and unapologetic sexuality that draws Ginger in. But once initiation begins, Ginger finds that her pledge is more than a bond of sisterhood. It's a lifelong pact to serve six bloodthirsty demons with a lot more than nutritional needs. Despite her fears, Ginger falls hard for the immortal queen of this nest. And as the semester draws to a close, she sees that protecting her family from the secret of her, of her forbidden love is much harder than studying for finals. <laughs> I mean, I read that. Did you read that? <laughs> I feel like I read a much more complicated version of that. <laughs> I chose this book because I'm on Bookstagram. Uh, obviously, I read romance. And so Rebecca Weatherspoon is just one of those authors that you see a lot, a lot of. Um, I think that recently, TikTok, BookTok, made the buff male nanny book really popular. Rafe, a buff male nanny, who, by the way, reminds me so much of Sandro from Great British Bake Off. I think that, I wish that, they would, someone would Photoshop Sandro onto the cover of Rafe or just make a new cover and literally just leave buff male nanny who can bake. <laughs> that would be great. Anyway, so yeah, I always see like Rafe, um, Zany, uh, and I did read um, one of the cowboy books. So I've just, I've dabbled. I wanted to read something uh, creepy uh, for the theme. I wanted to read something sexy. And I was like, okay, I'm looking for like sapphic you know, something that fits the theme. And I saw this, I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this particular title before. It's part of like the backlist, you know, um, it's a deep cut. And so I thought it would be really fun to, to check that out. And I don't regret it <laughs> because it was really great. So that's why I chose it. So I kind of want to go around and ask you all, what were your overall impressions for Better Off Red and, um, yeah, and then I have a couple of questions to get into our discussion. Uh, whoever wants to go first can go first. I can go. Um, I think that you you chose a perfect time for this book because I think if you had chosen this book five years ago, I would have hated it. I would have given it one star because Andrea was not ready. She was just not ready for that kind of romance book. You You hadn't worked me up to that level. 
you know, this is not for your um, newbie sort of uh, <laughs> learning about the romance genre sort of reader. Um, but now, you know, I'm in deep. This is like year eight of <laughs> Only Lovers, right? Year eight, year seven? I don't, year seven. Yeah, this is year seven. And so I feel like I can handle, my body can handle a lot more than what it could handle, you know, <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> And so I really enjoyed it. I had a ton of fun. I thought the entire premise was fantastic. I thought um, the whole idea of recruiting uh, feeders was brilliant. Like way to tackle consent years ago, Rebecca, you know, like, yes, I am here for it. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, usually I'm not super into the books where it's like sex every two pages. <laughs> And it just never ends and people do it like 50 times in one night. And I'm, but you know what? I was able to suspend my disbelief. Maybe it's because they were vampires, but it really didn't bother me the way it sometimes bothers me in other books. Um, and maybe I have an alien prejudice where, you know, I didn't like it when you gave us that planet book with the jumpsuits and the water gushing. Um, but I don't know, maybe if you had chosen that book this year, maybe if you chose something like that next year, I would be more ready to accept it. We'll see. I'm Listen. not making any promises, but I feel like I've turned a corner in my romance journey <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for your future smutty picks. <laughs> Andrea is evolving. <laughs> and you know, you know, what's on the possibilities list as well. Uh, so yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, what about you, Tashai? What are your um, overall impressions? It took me like a hot second to get into the swing of the book because I think I I had a really hard time like imagining the character that she was like that she ended up falling in love with that the main character ended up falling in love with because they kept describing her as super hot, but then describing her as having like spiky hair. <laughs> And so that's the thing that took me, like, the longest to get used to. So I'm trying to, like, fall into this romance. I'm trying to, like, feel the sex appeal. But every time she would describe her spiky hair, I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, Tashai, are you not into spiky hair? I didn't. I don't understand it. I'm like, is it spiky spiky? Like, protozoa and on Girl of the 21st Century? I don't. I just can't picture it. No, you know what? No, you're right. I did think that in the beginning. But then she mentions, like, touching it. And it was soft, right? But the, I just, it's that, that was like a <laughs> that I could not let go of the entire book. I'm like, why wouldn't you describe, describe it as a pixie cut? Just tell me it's a pixie cut and it's fine. Um, I had fun during parts of this book. I think that I definitely was overthinking it in some sections because of the lore that was brought into it. And it feels like it went into just a, a very kind of complicated explanation for the backstory that I didn't really need in order to fall into this story. Like the idea of, oh, yeah, there's a sorority and it's like, this is how they get their feeders. And like, if you join, then you just have to feed someone every now and then and then like if you want to keep going after college they'll pay for your expenses and stuff i'm like yeah okay like that makes sense to me i'd do it why not um but then it got into the like a mythology of it and i'm like wow this is really complicated i i 
this is like making it harder for me to be in the story because you're just adding so much complexity. It's like you didn't need this many ingredients in this recipe. And then, like, I was fine. I, I thought the relationship was interesting. Um, I personally was a little overwhelmed with how much sex was happening because I was trying to figure out what was going to happen with, like, the story of it all. And then once they brought in the Greg situation and his whole shit was going on, I was like, oh, what's what's happening here? And then and then they would start fucking again. And I'm like, God damn it, I'm trying to figure out what's happening here. <laughs> so yeah, I actually took the more conservative approach with this story because I'm like just kind of fast forwarding through some through near like about halfway through the book. I'm like, I can't read the word slit another time. So I'm just like scanning through the text to get to them having conversations i'm like okay what's going on here what's camilla's backstory what's going on what's happening with the is someone gonna find out what's happening like ooh, are they gonna get attacked by the fraternity what's going on but all in all i had a fun time i i don't know that i would rate it very like up there but the experience of it was really fun and i love a good excuse to dress up like a vampire because they are my favorite um creature genre uh hearts hearts to to the category so i'm glad that we read a vampire book and that it was a lesbian vampire book i'm down for that awesome thank you for sharing i sent a picture of who i pictured when um when i'm thinking about camila so i know that the i'm thinking of the person i'm thinking about is i forget the name of the character but firuza bulk in the craft Short hair, goth look. I think she's very sexy in that movie and in real life. And that's who I was picturing. I couldn't, I also was having a hard time picturing like, how short is this spiky hair? What's going on? It was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't know. I can't actually picture this. I visualize this. It, I think it would have been, I like spiky hair. I like girls with short hair. I mean, I don't really care what you're doing with your hair, but I was also like, what does it look like? You know, cause it's so spiky. But like it's really soft. But like if it's spiky, that means it has gel in it. So I get what you're saying. Naruto? Naruto? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I mean, it was it was very minor. But I, I do kind of I guess I fall in between both of you. I had a really good time reading this. I feel like aside from the I forget the horseman book this year, I feel like we haven't read anything that was like super smutty. I missed it. So I was very happy to come back and just yeah, I did think the slit was a um, was a bit much, but I was here for it. I, I just felt I just put my smut goggles on. Let's go, ladies, and <laughs> was very much, <laughs> very much like into it. Um, I thought that the universe, like the vampire universe, was really interesting, and I wish they had gone a little bit. It's weird because I feel like they talked about it a lot, and yet I didn't really have a good understanding of all of the moving parts. You know, it kind of felt a little bit like the pre-Volturi in the Twilight books, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> whatever hang, whatever happens on with those vampire peeps. But um, overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought the spicy level was just what I needed uh, as the weather starts to turn here in California. <laughs> um, so uh, we've already kind of talked about, um, you know, this. What my question was like, you know, we haven't read a spicy pepper book, <laughs> spicy pepper five book. You know, how did it feel returning to wetter pastures? I do feel like you guys kind of mentioned that. 
in your overall impression. So I'm just going to go to the next thing I've got, which is, so this is a book about, you know, sororities and fraternities. And I guess I want to pull it out into a more general sense, because this isn't anything that I have any kind of experience with personally. I have a friend who was part of a fraternity. And I remember when he told me he was going to be a part of it, I was very worried because at this point I'd only heard about, you know, like the awful initiations, you know, like people getting like hurt or whatever. And I was concerned that in the book, this would also happen. I thought it was going to be like very violent in a not cute, kinky kind of way. Um, but luckily that didn't happen. But do you, like, what is your experience with Greek life? Did you ever consider pledging? Was that anything that you were interested in? Or do you know anybody that was part of a sorority or a fraternity? I just was I'm just curious because it just seems so far out from how my college experience was in Puerto Rico. I mean, I was never part of a sorority. I never had an interest in it either. This sounds so stupid, but it just seemed like such an American thing to me because I feel like I only ever experienced it um, in that context. It's like, oh, legally blonde, they live in a sorority <laughs> or like or like porn. You know what I mean? Like in very like sexy context. <laughs> I feel like those are the only two. Um, and um I knew very, very few people, like I can only think of one person that I know um, who was in a sorority and she was from Kentucky and that kind of tracked with my impressions of it. You know what I mean? It's just, it just never seemed like something for me. Um, so unfortunately in real life, I probably would have never accidentally been initiated into a vampire sorority because I never would have gone to the open house with all the tables and stuff um but it was i did enjoy reading about this kind of sorority um i love the idea of it but yeah in my own personal life zero experience with it <laughs> same i didn't even know that that was a thing that you could do in puerto rico and if it is i still don't know if that's actually a thing you can do in pr um I know people now who've been in sororities. I don't think I've ever met someone who's in a fraternity, but I've met women in my adult life who were part of sororities in their college experience. It seemed like they enjoyed it. Um, they got a lot of networking out of it, um, which kind of seems to be the core thing for certain people. Like some people want to be a part of the philanthropy culture. Other people want the networking. Like it does really just seem as a way to get your foot in the door into certain industries. Um, I got a couple of like Bama Rush TikToks on my For You page. Apparently that was really big last year and people were um, giving a, a behind the scenes look at their Rush experience and a couple of sororities did not like that and didn't approve of that and made it known this year that if you got caught like doing TikToks about the Rush experience, then you would be eliminated from being able to participate um, because they are very secretive. Like it's this whole secret club, um, but it is like a very white thing. And, and I know that there's been a lot of issues in the past with like fraternities and sororities being like very selective and like being discriminatory and like the hazing situations happening in a lot of fraternities, like, it's a, it's a, you know, 
it's a big deal. Um, so I've never interacted with it in real life. And I don't think that I would ever feel compelled to interact with it in real life. Not just because of the knowledge and impression that I have of it, but because it also seems like it really takes over your life. Like in order to be in one of these organizations, you have to do all these volunteer hours. You have to participate in like mandatory events. And it really is the kind of space from what I've seen where that is going to be your friend group. Like you're not really going to have time to socialize with people outside of that. And I don't know, I don't, I'm not fond of like forced friendships. <laughs> like just because we're in the same group doesn't mean that I'm going to be your friend. <laughs> it's like group projects. Get away from me. <laughs> we are forced to be doing this together. I don't particularly like you. So I don't think I would participate in it. This one though. Sure. <laughs> My next question is based on how it was pitched, you know, um, that you would be part of this like sisterhood and that you would become like a sexy, sexy feeding blood bag to uh, this kind of like group of vampires. Um, if you were, you know, invited and you were pitched this idea, I already feel like I know your answers, but like, what would you what would you say and what would be your reasoning behind it um and we'll talk about the characters a little bit but if you had like a particular like vamp in mind you know what i mean like i know that they choose their feeders but like if you could pick your person who who would you who would you pick for me personally i honestly don't think i i would have said yes but i don't think i would have had a preference because i'm i would have been like that one girl who did the feedings but like wasn't having sex with any of them i mean I'm, as much as i enjoyed like the smutty aspects of this book like i could never be that person um i'm sorry like i just couldn't and so i um like i just physically i don't think i'm capable of like <laughs> all the things that like was going on in that book and so i don't think i would have had like a a particular preference i think i would have just for whoever um or you know i would have volunteered like where one of the girls got turned or whatever and they're like we need volunteers to switch like i would have been that person would have been like that's cool i'll switch i think i would have enjoyed having that like super strong bond you know that like otherworldly bond with like a person and i'm like ah, tier six but um <laughs> i wouldn't i would i probably wouldn't have been having I wouldn't have been participating in the orgies. So <laughs> so because of that, I don't think I preferred one vampy over the other. Like, I think they're all described as being hot. So, you know, there wasn't one where I was like, ooh, I would have picked that one over. Like, because it seems like they're all equally hot. <laughs> I don't think I would have had a preference either. Um, I would have just let whoever seemed coolest, I guess. Whoever seemed like they were the most hipster of the vampires. We're like, does anyone have like a great coffee house recommendation <laughs> from this group? Who likes to hang out in the library? <laughs> Who has the better book collection in this sorority? And like, that's the person that I want to, to feed. I think if I had a feeder who was like a little more low key, then I would probably be like, hey, me and my vampire queen and like the three of us who are your feeders are going to go like do it in a private, like in a different room. Not just going to be like going at it in this um, movie room where we were supposed to be watching a movie during this sleepover that suddenly became just like a giant gangbang then i would probably participate if it's like me and a select group of girls and i thought that they were pretty and like we were in a different like 
other room sure why not like maybe that would be something i could partake in but being in a room with like in a room with 20 something people i'm like i would get such performance anxiety i don't care how horny i am like i'm the person who will go be like one second and go to the bathroom and, like wash out my bags and like fresh myself up like pa- i put pause on the moment to go and like clean stuff up and then come back to it so i would be the same person like hey i'm having a good time but can we like be like go to the library <laughs> are we gonna finish the movie <laughs> look i know that you guys want to like have sex right now but i didn't have dinner because i was really looking forward to the variety of dips that we said there was gonna be tonight and there's like spinach dip over there and there's like some hummus i'm hungry <laughs> I'm just gonna excuse myself momentarily. I'll be right back though. And then I Shai and I would have grabbed all the dips and just gone to a different room to finish the movie. <laughs> Bye, Chris. See you later. <laughs> I love how I love how you know you already know what I'd be doing. Uh, I would oh yeah, yeah. No, and that's fine. Tell us about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got your pajamas. We saved you some dip. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I thought it was a pretty sweet deal, honestly. Um, the sexy times really, uh, you know, I I felt like um, it would have been a lot for, you know, someone who isn't like super into the idea. But I mean, I was definitely into the idea. Like those first college years are so like wibbly wobbly, you know, I would have loved to have a vampire sugar mommy taking care of me the entire time. Well, I don't have to take out a, a loan or I don't have to even apply for the grant. I can just like yeah, no, the financial part was the best. Let part. you let you suck on me, and then I also like get to have orgasms and like you know stay on top of my grades, and also like I just it was like ten out of ten. I recommend five stars on Yelp. <laughs> walk me home so that I don't get murdered or assaulted. It's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was a really sweet deal. Um, and I yeah, I didn't see like anything particularly wrong with it. Now, I do, I do wonder you know how like we're talking about it I I say oh yeah I'd be totally down because I do think that I guess maybe in the way that it's written I understood that even if you did have like you felt shy or would have performance anxiety or were feeling a type of way about you know having sex with or you know being sexy with a lot of people around that the vampire the bites were like in some way enhancing the experience or I don't know like affecting your state of mind so that maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't like worry about that and so I'm kind of thinking about that and then also thinking about well how did you do you think that there was enough information like given at the beginning with the presentation for them to have been able to for at least Ginger right our main character for Ginger to make like a really informed decision you know about joining the sorority because i do feel like she had she was like totally discombobulated like she met this person and was like oh my god and she was always like enthralled and right isn't that a vampire thing like you're kind of like enraptured in their presence and when you're in when you're in that state of mind like how can you say yes or no like of your own accord i don't know if you had any thoughts or feelings about that because because i did i was like this sounds cool but like you know, like afterwards, and they still get to like sign the papers. <laughs> I think they get to read the fine yeah. print. No, I think I think they definitely glossed over a lot of it, but I I think they made like they definitely don't mention like all the sex or or like the effects of the feeding or anything like that when they explained it. But I was okay with that because they didn't make you do anything, right? So like you 
Because there was that one character who, like, what was her name with a B? Like, she she Benny. never had sex with anybody. Benny? Benny. Yeah, Benny. She she just she just did her feedings and you know, I'm sure felt good while she was getting bitten or whatever because that was the effect, but like she was never expected to do anything more. And so I think that's the whole thing. It's like they didn't go into details about it, but you're always allowed to like say no or walk away or not participate in something. And so I think it's just that the majority of them choose to. So I was okay that like they didn't explain like the full, full thing because it's not like there were hidden things you were expected to participate in that weren't fully explained. That's how I saw it. Yeah, I think they definitely glossed over stuff. I feel Mm -hmm. like I feel like I probably would have wanted to have a conversation about what my limits were before I participated in a feeding. Because because vampires have this like compelling nature to them, and this and I felt this when when they get into like the fraternity part of it too. It's like um, just because under the feeder influence me is like super turned on doesn't mean that like sober me is necessarily cool with certain things. So I think as soon as the first feeding started and that like oh my god super intense feeling, it would have been like yo. Uh, can we like put some some hard lines here of like what is a yay or an a until I know you a little more because I feel like even like if certain things if certain lines were crossed then like sober me would have been feeling really weird about it afterwards of like a hey I don't really like hook up with people who I don't know so like I don't know how I feel about this I don't know that I'm okay with doing that until I like know more about you as a person as an undead being um just because of like how I am but I, I do think they glossed over like the pure biologic reaction of the feeding um which feels a little shady because I, I feel like you need to give people all the information so that they can make a, a an informed decision. And I think that that could lead to people being like, uh, about it. But then by then it's too late because you've kind of signed up for it. And I don't know. I don't know how strict they are about you being able to like bounce afterwards. Because then it's like, well, if you were like counting on a job and needed to be able to pay your bills, but then you signed up for this instead. And then you find out all this stuff and you don't know if you're comfortable with it. Then suddenly... You, you know, have to find a job again and move out. It's, it makes it really complicated. So I think there needed to be more fine print for, for someone to read. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I do, I, I get it. Like why they wouldn't get into the, the fine print. I maybe, I don't know if more things are explained in later books. I don't think I'm probably going to continue the series because I liked, I liked how this one ended. I thought it was so, I actually thought the ending was so sweet. I was like, no, <laughs> um, but, but yeah. Um, so, okay, since we're kind of talking about it, I, I don't know, I don't know, there's so many things I want to mention, but since we're kind of like on this, on this kind of like choo-choo train of, of consenty stuff, let's talk about Greg. And if anyone had any intense feelings about that, because that's kind of like where I felt like there was a weird paradox of like what was presented to the sorority and the options that were there for the pledges. And then like, what Greg was going through. And I'm just like, I don't understand what was supposed to be happening with this character. So, okay, so I, yeah, I definitely felt weird about it at first. Cause I was like, is 
he not is he being like forced to do something but by the end of the book i i had pretty much made up my mind that it was the exact same rules as the girls and he didn't have to do it but he was choosing to do it and just feeling very conflicted about it because of the inner turmoil he was having over like am i gay am i not gay i can't possibly be gay like that sort of thing um i think it was just a really unfortunate like he he was put in a situation where these conflicting things inside of him were like constantly at war and i truly because yeah i didn't know i'm like is the vampire demon king person who lives over there like is he a bad guy and then it was clear that he wasn't being presented as a bad guy so i was like i i think he truly just didn't know that this was going on in this dude's head um or at least that's how i read it and that's how i think we're meant to interpret it like maybe it didn't work perfectly for everyone but i think that was definitely the author's intention was that like this the boys run in the exact same way but the things that like the things that he was saying to ginger were maybe not accurate and they were just he was saying how he wanted ginger to view him do you know what i mean like that's how i ended up interpreting it as like he's saying these things but that's not necessarily how it's going down because then later we found out that he's like being so aggressive and like overtly sexual and like all these things and he definitely never mentioned that when he was talking to her. So I don't know. It was a little confusing, but I think I understood what the author was trying to say. I I didn't I hadn't considered that he was like lying to Ginger or not lying mm -hmm. to Ginger, but not presenting her with the full uh facts. Yeah. But, but it was I don't know. I don't want to say that it was like bad. I didn't enjoy that particular part of the story. Um mm -hmm. And I think that if that was the author's intention and we're just like being very kind and extrapolating and trying to give it, I think it was very clumsy. I think Greg's arc, very clumsy and not cute at all. It's <laughs> just not, not good, but that's yeah. me. What, what do you think, Tosh? I'm not gonna lie. I thought that he was like coming in as a sympathetic character first to kind of give us the, the fraternity perspective of it and show that, you know, on both sides of this like gender binary, that they're presenting um, the same opportunities or experience differently. But then there was so much additional stuff layered into his character. And it's like, is this a conflict about his like sexual identity? Is he struggling? Like, is he supposed to be showing us a more sinister part of this deal because he didn't consent to this stuff? And then it turns out that he is participating in it and is like being super aggressive with it. So like and like raping his girlfriend too, right? They like threw that in there. <laughs> then it's like revealed. I feel like as, as the story was getting written, the author wasn't sure what was gonna be, who was gonna be the bad guy, and and then it was like the patriarchy is gonna be the bad guy. So let's like make Greg the most like the biggest abomination in this story. So like, it's not the demons that are drinking the blood that are the bad guys. It's this straight white man who like can't handle having to do gay things, but also is into it, but also is a psychopath according to when they finally read his mind, because like he's participating in all these feedings, all this stuff is going on. And no one thought to be like, I'm going to check. I'm going to read Greg's mind real quick. He's being weird. I'm going to peek in there and like, 
oh shit, we have like a fucking sociopath in our midst. We should get rid of him before he hurts somebody. Like nobody thought to do that. And so there were so many like twists and turns. And then it's like, oh, he's been in love with Ginger this whole time. When? When was he in love with her? When did that happen? We thought he was gay for like a few chapters there. So the weakest, weakest thing in this book is like is the use of Greg as a character and how they turned him into the bad guy because then that like arc didn't even get solved in a way that was satisfying. He pushed her down the stairs and then he got killed. And like that's it. All we get is some flashbacks. And then the other vampire being like, oh, like, I didn't know. It's like, how did you not, how do you screen your candidates? How did anyone screen, like, yeah. you're telling me that you, the, <laughs> you're offering the opportunity for, like, immortality to any random dude who showed up was hot. So you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I'm not going to do any sort of personality test to make sure that you're not going to become, like, a walking abomination. Yeah, well, the girls had a test, right? They were like, charmed to you know speak the truth or whatever yeah i don't know know how you how i don't know how they vetted i don't know how they vetted greg but but i agree that um i also feel like greg greg could have like been completely taken out of the story okay so hear me out so we eliminate greg from a story completely he's not adding anything to the story at all uh and then the whole like incident with cleo happens and the whole thing about Oh, you should bring. You should honor her wishes and like not make her a vampire or make her a vampire. Whatever, blah blah blah. Whatever. And then that's kind of foreshadowing to then something happening to Ginger. Not necessarily. It could still be Greg, but we've just literally never met him. He's just well. I, one of the things that I wrote in my notes too, right? Like aside from like sorority and like hazing or whatever, is that college campuses are places where sexual assault happens quite often. And, you know, this is like a really sexy, sexy book, right? Um, But, you know, it's still happening in the real world. (laughs) And so it could have easily just been like somebody tried to do something to Ginger. Like she was walking her car and they don't have like fucking lights on. And um, yeah, and then she gets attacked and then, you know, she's between life and death. And then, you know, that's when Camila has to take that action to churn her. And then the whole vampire politics starts to happen. And then that's where the huge kind of like conflict is and, and the story can continue. I, I honestly hated whenever Greg came up, not because like Greg was doing, like he's written in a certain way, so obviously I hate him, but I don't think that he was adding anything to the story. And I think that taking him out of it and just having those two incidents happen would have been fine. I think, I think the story would have been fine. I'm not anyone, anyone to tell Rebecca Weatherspoon how to write her books. <laughs> That's just, you know, me after 11 years later, after the fact, reading this book and being like, eh, maybe we didn't need Greg in there. I don't know. There's nothing we can do about it now, but those are just, this is just my thoughts. I don't know. What do you think? I agree. I agree. Because he's just, he just shows up at the weirdest times and is just like an awkward study partner and then kind of a sympathetic character and then revealing some stuff about the other fraternity to her and then psychopath. There was some merit to him at the beginning because I think he served as a kind of mirror for Ginger and that like everyone in the girl's house seemed to be like really into like the whole situation right off the bat whereas she was like kind of having some doubts and so here was Greg who was like similarly kind of having some doubts but yeah then it turned like weird and I don't think we needed 
Yeah. And kind of speaking about like how everybody was down, right? So I think that that mirror character could have been Amy. I think that um, Ginger's roommate, Amy, like I remember um, Ginger being kind of like worried about Amy finding out that she was queer or that she was a lesbian. Um, and then Amy kind of like given no indication that she was a lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, whatever. Um, but then as soon as they kind of like join the sorority, <laughs> Amy is like in a full on like straight like relationship with another one of the vampires, not even. So I, I, I was wondering about that. How, how did y'all feel about that? Because all of the relationships happened so quickly in this in this book. Um, so how did you feel about Amy's in particular? Because I thought that one was really interesting. I was like, huh, okay. And then like, they just don't ever talk about it, you know? So I mean, I think that happens a lot. Like you don't know you're gay until the person who shows you you're gay kind of thing. I, Cause she definitely liked Danny even before joining. Um, right. She like confesses that when mm -hmm. she, so I didn't, I think it would have been more jarring for me if like there had been zero mention of anything. and then that night she's in an orgy but like we already knew she liked danny going in and that's who she immediately like went for and so to me i was just like okay like it it, it didn't bother me because that's how it is for a lot of people you know it's like it to other people it might seem like your queerness like came out of the blue um you know and they might be like a little shocked because they like didn't see it coming <laughs> um but then to you it feels totally normal because that's just the way so that that's kind of how i read amy and it didn't yeah, yeah. i don't know i thought it was cool i thought it was interesting and um i just i like i do like ginger being like what you too but it was really funny i was gonna say i feel like we do only experience amy through ginger's lens mm -hmm. so it was being like really kind of self-involved in her own I'm going to be gay. I'm going to come out. I'm going to get a girlfriend. Like, I'm going to, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to make this thing. And I think maybe like in that sort of space, you're too busy worrying about what's happening to you to necessarily realize what's going on next to you. God knows Amy might've been next to her, just like her out. While at the same time talking about these parties where she was trying to meet a guy, like Amy just sounds fluid as fuck. And then she saw the most amazing pair of tits she'd ever seen. And she's like, you know what? I'm casting my ballot. <laughs> oh God, I love that. One of the other things that I was thinking about was, you know, like when you're in college, right? There's a time, well, a lot of people, when they go to college, like it's their first time away from home, they get to kind of like experiment and discover new parts of themselves. And so I just, with Amy, it was just like, bam, you know, like, yes. And I was like, okay, there's no question here. We're not, okay, fantastic. Everything's fine, you know? <laughs> I just wanted to know your thoughts because I was like, what, you know? Um, before Greg became a thing, that I thought that Amy was going to be that. I thought that Amy was going to be more resistant and, you know, be more of a prop, not a problem, but, you know, just more of a foil almost. Uh, like a Debbie Downer, like, eh, I don't really know. Did you think she was going to be like more conservative? Like, Let's yeah, like I, what I thought was going to happen was that, you know, they were going to, she was like, Amy's so hyped to join the sorority. Right. And then, so they join. And then when, you know, once they kind of like discover what, you know, the full package is, then, then Amy would have been like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. You know, um, I'm glad that they were both down. I just thought that that's what's going to happen. So I just, I didn't know if anyone was, in that train of thought as well because that's what i thought was gonna happen <laughs> i think i think 
I thought she was going to find out what was happening and was going to be like, oh, I'm not sure, but I really want to be in a sorority. Like, I already said no to these guys. Let me give it a shot. But apparently all it takes is one one earth-shattering orgasm. And Amy's like, fuck it. You can take my soul. So I'm, I'm down. I've packed my bags. I'm moving in with you. It do be like that sometimes. It do be like that. <laughs> That's all it takes. Like, no. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> good for her straight up <laughs> um i guess well we haven't talked about it but did you ship did you ship ginger and camila what did you think of that romance i mean it happened so instantaneously that i feel like th- there wasn't any doubt in my mind that it was going to happen and maybe that's why i've kind of left it to the end because there's so much like so much that we could talk about but this was erotica this was a smutty romance book so what did you think of Ginger and Camila's relationship. What did you think of Camila's background and you know how their you know what their power dynamic was and yeah, what did you think of all of that? I will say I think my favorite part is when um, Ginger does become like higher ranking and like Camila doesn't give a shit and I love that. Like, I love that that didn't, like, affect their relationship at all. Like, oh, wait. Like, you know, because they always had, like, a, a, what's the opposite of power? A power Im- imbalance? Dynamic? Oh. Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, like Camila was always higher up in, like, every every way. And then that got flipped. And it was fine. <laughs> and so that's when I was like, okay, they are, like, truly meant to be, I guess. Because normally i feel like that kind of shift would like ruin a relationship you know like if you in the real world if you're in a relationship that has such a clear difference in like you know power and money and knowledge and you know it's like i don't know it's not so easy to like just completely flip that and so i enjoyed that i think that's when i was like okay cool cool because, I mean, yeah, you have to suspend your belief a little bit, you know? They're, like, madly in love with each other within, like, two days or whatever. It's not even that, you know, I thought it was going to be one of those books where it's, like, she's the emotionally reserved, you know, vampire. And it t- but it wasn't even that either. Like, she was she was all in very fast, too. <laughs> it was like, very I'm, mutual. I'll be my girlfriend? Is that what it is? I'll be your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Ginger. Yeah, it definitely was one of those things where I I don't think I, like, I didn't want to be Camila, and I didn't necessarily want to be with Camila either. Like, it wasn't one of those books for me, but I, like, enjoyed them as a couple and, like, shipped them. But it wasn't, like, you know, like, other books where I'm like, ooh, I would love to date this particular person, like... I definitely didn't feel that. I think it's because they were just, it was too fast for me. It was too fast for like me in in real life, but I, good for them. You know, it's like with Amy, good for you. I'm happy you found each other. I'm happy you have all of eternity now to like enjoy each other. Go for it. I kind of shipped Amy and Danny more. I was like, ah, look at these like bubbly girls just running around campus studying and frolicking like um because yeah to me ginger and and camilla were like gonna they were gonna be what they were gonna be i think with camilla and ginger it was just like they tried to play camilla's character as so cool for a while and i'm like "Mm, 
okay, I guess that it, it's fine that Ginger's, like, in love with you. I don't really know that much about you, so, like, I'm not sure what the benefits to being in a relationship with you are. I also didn't know until they did the backstory that she was, like, not Caucasian. Yeah, she's supposed to be Latina. I was like, oh, okay. Ugh, like I like I said, we this hangout would be so long. I was like, I have so many more questions. <laughs> no, but I I thought their relationship was fine. I I definitely yeah. When she became more high ranking, I was like, oh, this is gonna be the fight, and then it wasn't the fight. And then it's like, oh, Camila is like not texting her. This is gonna this is gonna be the fight before that, and she was like, I'll text you more. So I don't think there was any real conflict there. I think the conflict was. Ginger being like, oh, I really want to be with you, but, like, my family. And then that got fucking resolved so quickly that I was like, um, what's the conflict here, Greg? Greg is the conflict? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wasn't mad about that. I, I, I think I really loved, um, I, I love the, I don't know. I don't, I did not ship Ginger and Camila, but I, but I feel like I, I did. I was rooting for them because I liked everything about how Camila was making a, her, a safe place for 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 Ginger. You know that whole thing about just like women, man, just like women. You know, just like you, yes, you know. I was like yes. Uh, um, after a while, I was like, all right, I'm tired of these bitches. Can we fucking finish the story? <laughs> like I get it, you love each other, whatever. Um, but. I, I did, I liked that they were so cool and, you know, okay with each other and that Camila was cool with their dynamic changing and, but never faltering in her feelings and wanting to bring her in even more into her life. I thought that was really sweet. I, I don't think I ever had any like doubts or anything about them. Um, but yeah, I did, I did, um, I shipped Amy's, Amy's relationship a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I was like happy. This is basically like a vampire happily ever after and i'm okay with that i'm very very okay with that uh let the sapphic you know lesbians sorry the sapphic vampires have their happily ever afters too because if it had ended like like you know something has to be resolved in the next book i mean i still wouldn't have read it so <laughs> i'm happy that it just kind of wrapped up really nicely in this one but yeah do you guys have any other like thoughts as kind of like we're closing out the discussion? Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch upon? Um, it wasn't anything super serious, but I also do appreciate the fact that like Camila happened to have been turned when she was like 1920. So it's not like there was this huge age gap where she was like 28 when she got turned into a vampire. And now Red is like 18 when she got turned into a vampire. So even though you're both immortal, uh, Camila's like so much more adult than you are, not just because she's lived for so long, like 80 years more than you, but it, so it wasn't like this weird um, Twilight situation where Edward has been alive since the 1800s, whatever, however long he was alive. And he chooses to be 17 forever. First of all, they're in college, so like cool, you've like stepped it up. And then second of all, Camila was only like, two years older than Ginger when she got turned and she hasn't been alive for fucking ever. She's been alive for like 80 years, 70, like she's technically 80 years old. She's only been, she's only about 50 something years older than her. Maybe like, that's not terrible. 
there's like some age there, but it's not such a big gap in like experiencing the world that they wouldn't have anything in common. Like both of them played with Tamagotchis, you know, like at some point. <laughs> they probably both played with Tamagotchis. Camilla probably like tried henna tattoos. Like, you know, I, I think they experienced enough of the same stuff that they would they would be able to like have conversations about the 80s. Yeah, no, I agreed. I like I like that she got turned around the same age. Even if she had lived longer, it just made me feel better. Because in the beginning, I was definitely wondering if all of these, um, the vampires that were choosing the feeders, I, I thought they were all like adult adults. You know what I mean? Like that was like the vibe. And I think it was just like their power, you know? <laughs> I was like, how old Creepy, are they? Because it's like, I don't want to be... Like, yeah, you're a vampire, but also, like, how much older than me are you that mm -hmm. I just turned 18 and we're having these group orgies? And it's like, all of us are very young. Like, how much older than us are you? But if it's like, oh, yeah, I got turned, like, 40 years ago. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, that's, that's less That's less weird. I can work with that. It's fine. Basically a May-December romance, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a vampire book, yeah, because I feel like every other vampire book I've read, it's like, like you said, it's like they've been alive for like thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, that about pretty much wraps up all the questions I had. I didn't have any juicy, juicier questions. There was a lot going on. Um, and uh, I, I, I know that this book will live in my heart as like a really um, liquidy book that Drea liked. So I'm very just excited about what the future holds for us now. <laughs> Uh, what else are you? What else are you reading? Um, I'm reading Year of the Tiger by Alice Wong, um, and I picked it up because I read the anthology that she edited, Disability Visibility, um, last year. And so when I saw that she had a memoir, I was really interested because I really enjoyed the anthology, and so I was interested to learn more about her life, but also to like contribute financially to her career because because I've like because I like follow the author and like people who follow the author and stuff are like in my circles I know that like this year she's had some like additional medical difficulties that have meant that in order to continue living at home and not in some sort of facility type place um I think it costs her about $600 a day um, because our health insurance is terrible and our accessibility and services for people with disabilities are terrible. And so I remember like there was like a huge GoFundMe campaign and, but you know, it's stuff like that's like, oh, I can do something simple. Like it, in my case, I requested that my library purchase the book. So I'm like, okay, that's one, one copy of the book that's going towards her earning out her advance and hopefully receiving royalties. And, you know, so it's like twofold. I am interested in, in helping contribute um, to this person whose who's books I enjoy reading. I started reading Mr. Wrong Number, which I had borrowed like a while ago. Uh, like I requested it a while ago and hadn't like gotten it delivered but then it got delivered at the same time and that one's really funny too like it's starting really funny is that um, a romance yeah it basically it's like um this girl gets a text from like a random number 
and they kind of start getting flirty and it's like she basically has to move in with her brother because she accidentally burns down her apartment building burning letters from her boyfriend who cheated on her and so she gets a what are you wearing text and it be and and she like jokingly replies back and then they have like a banter back and forth um and she's like okay bye like this is the wrong number and then a few days later he's like hey what are you wearing she's like this again did it work the first time he's like oh it was just so funny to like text with you and so then <laughs> i'm looking up this book right now <laughs> and um is it okay. by is it by lynn painter yes okay yeah. yeah and so then the thing is when she moves in with her brother her brother's like guy friend who he's been friends with for years is his roommate and she and him have like never gotten along because he's like oh annoying kid sister stuff but that's the guy that she's so it's like a you've with. got mail thing yeah yeah and so he's like oh shit and so he knows that it's her i think before she finds out that it's him and so she's like it, classic it's, tom hanks yeah yeah and like super hot and she's always thought he was super hot but he's such a dickhead to her and so it's really funny so far i'm like just because the way they describe stuff is is like it's really funny writing like i'm genuinely enjoying how they're describing some of this awkward stuff she's like god damn it like all of my clothes got messed up all i'm wearing are these like micro shorts and, like, I didn't realize he was in the apartment, so I went out, and he saw me in these shorts. She's like, I'm not going to be embarrassed by this, blah, 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 And she's walking away, and she's like, I'm going to go, but it's just because you don't deserve to see my butt in these pants anymore. Like, some sort of joke like that. And she's, like, pretends like her, uh, she's not wounded by the by the fight. So that's really fun so far. So I'm, I'm happy with both the way Reputation started and how Mr. Wrong Number started. I'm very excited. I am currently rereading The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. The, it's a duology. And so The World We Make, the sequel to this, is coming out in a couple of days. just want to refresh my memory before I dive into the next one. And then I also uh, saw a TikTok about, you know, like some people, a, a person who was recommending um, a fantasy series that is already made and it's got a lot of the elements of like Game of Thrones uh, and House of the Dragon but it's actually finished so I went into Half Price Books and I purchased probably half of all the Kate Elliott um, uh, um, Crown of Stars series because it just sounded so good and I've read Kate Elliott's recent stuff and I was just like why haven't I ever gone back like this old school fantasy this is like my shit so that's what I'm currently reading as well well that wraps it up for our discussion of better off red by rebecca weatherspoon hope you enjoyed it we will catch you in the next one where we talk about our reputation and um yeah until then <laughs> bye bye <laughs> thank you for hanging out with us you can support only lovers book club by dropping some change in our tip jar and buying some books with our bookshop link you can find us on instagram at only lovers book club and from there, find our individual accounts and projects. Feel free to favorite or rate us if that's an option for you, but always make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. Fangs are coming off, lipstick No, is I getting... don't know. How do you take oh. these off, Tashai? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> tilt them? You, you what? Have to, like, tilt. You have to kind of tilt them. If you push it inward from the bottom, like, empujalo para adentro, like... And it should pop out from the top. But don't swallow it.